This gospel message is brought to you by the Reformed Witness Hour, a ministry of the Protestant Reformed Churches in America, a Reformed denomination that strives to be faithful to the Word of God and the historic confessions of the Reformed faith, also known as Calvinism. In love for our great God, we proclaim the Christian faith and life that is founded on God's sovereign particular grace. As God's Word is expounded, we pray that these messages are a blessing to you. Today we consider the faith of the parents of Moses. This is recorded for us in verse 23 of Hebrews 11. We read there, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Jacob's family had now lived in Egypt for a little over 300 years. During this time, the state of affairs in Egypt had changed radically. Joseph had died, a change of dynasties had taken place, and a king arose that did not know Joseph. That is to say, he may have known of Joseph, but he had no interest in what Joseph had done for Egypt. This new pharaoh had eyed the rapid growth of the children of Israel suspiciously. They were growing into a massive nation that could, if given the opportunity, turn against Egypt and take over the land. Measures had to be taken. So, by the time the third generation of Israelites were born, the nation of Egypt had enslaved the people of Israel. Into this state of affairs, Amram, the grandson of Levi, was born. He took to himself, to wife, a young daughter of Levi, Jochebed. They together had three children that we know of. The eldest, a girl named Miriam, then a son named Aaron, and finally their youngest, a boy that eventually was named Moses by Pharaoh's daughter. It was not the best of times that this family lived, but they managed to survive through the hardships that God placed upon them along with the rest of the Israelites. The verse we consider today does not focus on Moses, though it may seem that way because it reads, By faith Moses when he was born. A better understanding of this phrase, however, would be this, By faith the parents of Moses when he was born hid him for three months. But there is a reason this verse we consider begin that begins the way it does. The writer to the Hebrews wishes to call the attention of his readers to Moses. The motive behind this is that the Hebrew or Jewish believers in the New Testament esteemed Moses most highly. He was used of God to record the Torah, the book of the law. Now, the purpose of the author of Hebrews throughout this epistle is to illustrate how Christ had come as the fulfillment of the law and prophets. These Hebrew believers had forsaken Judaism with all its ceremonial laws and rituals, but that was not easy for them to do. The Old Testament laws and prophets had been ingrained into their hearts. It was necessary to show them that faith in Christ did not require them to forsake Moses. So, after the faith of Abraham, the writer now directs our attention to the faith of Moses. Moses the giver of the law also lived in the same faith as Abraham. Nothing 
Nothing changed regarding God's promises with him. The covenant God established with Abraham was the same with Moses and the children of Israel. So the writer to the Hebrews in this verse and those following deliberately turns our attention to Moses. At the same time, though Moses receives the emphasis, nevertheless the verse we consider tonight, or today, directs our attention to the faith of Amram and Jochebed, Moses' parents. The affliction of the people of Israel by the hands of the Egyptians had grown progressively harsher. Pharaoh had, first of all, put them to work building for him two treasure cities, Ramses and Python. This was involuntary work with no compensation. It was not as if the king took away the possessions of the people of Israel, but they had to take care of their own work after having completed a long day of hard labor under Egyptian taskmasters. The intention of the king of Egypt was to make the people of Israel so weary with labor that time for producing children would be difficult and scarce. Then the family of Israel would stop multiplying so rapidly. But that did not happen. The more affliction, the more children. It was then that the king of Egypt turned to harsher means to control the births of, of children in Israel. For a period of time, he commanded that as soon as sons were born to Israelite women, they must immediately be seized from mother and cast into the Nile to be drowned. Under such hard slavery, and with this horrible restriction placed upon the birth of sons, the children of Israel groaned and cried unto Jehovah for deliverance. Now, before we move along, we ought to understand that this affliction was sent upon Israel by God. God had a purpose in it. We already took note in our last broadcast that by the time Joseph died, the children of Israel had become settled and comfortable in the land of Egypt. They were enjoying the prosperity and the luxuries of this land. They were not really all that interested in Canaan. Well, this did not get better over the years. And for that reason, God sent affliction in order that Israel would look to him to deliver them. And even under affliction, many of the people of Israel did not want to leave Egypt. We mention this because the church today could use a good dose of such affliction. The church of today has become far too comfortable in this world. We are serving the idle gods of this world just as Israel did in Egypt. The things of the kingdom of heaven have become of little concern, it seems, today, and they take second place to the things of this world. The movies, with their violence and lust, the songs of this world, with their drunkenness and fornication, cars, houses, vacations, fun, all have become such a part of our lives that we become far too comfortable in this world. We need a good dose of affliction. And it will come. It will come. And who will stand in that day? Under such hard affliction the children of Israel now lived. Because of it, the comforts of this world, the prosperity, the ease were taken away, and the people of Israel cried to God for a deliverer. God, in his grace, did not forsake his people as they deserved, but now answered their cries. A son was born to Amram and Jochebed. Not their first child, as we noticed. But Miriam and Aaron were born before the command of the king to kill the baby boys had been given. Moses was born during this time. 
Imagine becoming pregnant during this time. The fear and anxiety experienced, especially as the woman grew larger. Imagine having to hide yourself from the watchful eyes of the king's spies that were roaming the land looking for just this thing. Imagine hiding a baby for three months, stifling its cries when it was hungry or needed to be changed. Jochebed must have remained hidden for months so that the king's spies would not take from her her baby boy and cast him into the river. Those were frightening times. But the parents of Moses took every precaution to see to it that her pregnancy was not found out and that their baby boy was not heard. I know that a newborn baby's cry can be pretty loud, but not nearly as loud as the wail of a three-month-old baby. By faith, Moses' parents hid him three months in their house, but the time had come that they needed to take some kind of action before being found out. Jochebed wove a small ark, that is, a cradle or basket, out of bulrushes, and covered it with slime and pitch to make it waterproof. She then placed her three-month-old son in the basket and left the basket in the water's edge among the reeds. Now this makes for a quaint story oftentimes in children's Bible story books, but consider the danger involved in this. First, the slightest wave could turn over the basket or fill it with water and the baby could drown. Second, the spies of Pharaoh were everywhere. If they would have heard Moses cry and discovered him in the reeds, they would have finished the job by casting him into the water themselves. Third, native to this part of Africa are crocodiles that often lived in the reeds along the river's edge. To place the baby in a little waterproof basket by the river's edge was daring and desperate on the part of Moses' parents. But they had little choice at this point. They knew that they would no longer be able to hide the fact that they had a baby boy. This would mean immediate death for their baby. So, yes, the act was both daring and desperate. The best they could do is send their daughter Miriam to watch over their baby as he floated among the reeds. And this is what took place. Miriam hid herself a short distance from the river and kept an eye open to what would become of her brother. I believe that, though this act was a dangerous one, nevertheless it was calculated by Amram and his wife. They did not take Moses to the river in the dead of night, or the heat of the day. They took him there in the morning, and had their daughter watch him. Why? Well, on a regular basis in the morning, the daughter of Pharaoh would come to the river's edge with her maidens to bathe. She no doubt did this in the same location each time. It was not by chance that this particular morning a baby lay near to the place where she bathed. Her maiden saw the basket, opened it, and there was this Hebrew baby lying in the basket, perhaps even crying. We learn in every account that Moses was a goodly child, or as our text says, a proper child. He was an exceedingly fair child, all descriptions that the Bible gives to him. In other words, Moses was an exceptionally cute baby. Now, how one is able to determine this is difficult to say. Every mother thinks her baby is about the cutest and most intelligent baby in all the world. 
and pride she thinks her child to be a prodigy above all others. Personally, I think every baby is a goodly or exceedingly fair baby. So how could Moses be distinguished in this way? From most children, I am not sure. But God's word informs us he was, and therefore it must be true. There was something about this baby of Amram and Jochebed they could see, and now Pharaoh's daughter could see. That made him stand out as a beautiful child. The princess decided that she would keep the boy as her own. Miriam, coming from her hiding place, now approached Pharaoh's daughter and suggested that she find a wet nurse for the baby among the Hebrew women. The princess liked this idea, and Moses was now sent to his parents' home to be nurtured by his believing parents, until which time he was old enough to go to live in the palace. Once again, the writer to the Hebrews intends to illustrate for us the faith of Moses' parents. Their faith revealed itself in their actions. In other words, faith produces works. Such works reveal the faith of God's people. In this case, we learn that Moses' parents, by faith, hid him. They believed that God would care for their child, even though the king had commanded the baby boys of Israel to be killed. Now, the writer to the Hebrews gives two reasons that Amram and Jochebed hid Moses. The first is this. They saw he was a proper child. The second is, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Back to the first reason. There has to be more of the term proper here in our text than what we have just explained. Why would scripture make such a point of all this, if it meant that Moses was just an exceedingly fair child? I believe that God had shown to Moses' parents that this child would have a special place among God's people. Perhaps God did not reveal to them that Moses was the future deliverer of Israel, but nevertheless, God had set apart their son for a special task, and somehow they knew it. For this reason, first of all, they, in faith, risked it all, so to speak, to keep their son alive, even by planning what to do to secure his safety. But that is not as telling as the second reason. Moses' parents were not afraid of the king's commandment. Oh, this does not mean they were not afraid. Anyone under these circumstances would be afraid. They feared the wrath of the king. But faith is of such a nature that they acted against their fear. They did not succumb to it. They were not so seized with fear that it paralyzed them. They refused to give in to the commandment of the king, even if ultimately it might require of them of their own lives. That is the character of faith. Ah, yes, the character of faith we have described in so many different ways already in our past broadcasts. But here is another way that faith reveals itself. In not giving in to our fears, but instead trusting in God. How often we are confronted with circumstances in life that cause fear. What widow or widower isn't afraid of how they will be able to make it in life without their spouse. What man or woman is not afraid when sickness or accident leaves them or a loved one maimed, perhaps paralyzed or or without sight? What man or woman or child is not afraid when they hear of a loved one stricken with sickness that will eventually claim their life and take them away? 
Who would not be filled with fear when they are called before magistrates to give account before them of their faith? The faith of Amram and Jochebed speaks to us in these moments, dear listener. Facing fear and not giving into it because our hope and faith is grounded in Jesus Christ. Our cares are cast upon God, even though we do not know the outcome of what will take place. Even if that, that, that outcome may be entirely against what we would want, simply trusting that God is good and he will care for us. That is faith. Such confidence flows out of a knowledge of God. These parents of Moses believed in Jehovah God, not, not the idol gods of Egypt. They knew that Jehovah was God alone and held all things in his hands. They knew that the events that now took place were according to God's sovereign will and good pleasure. They also knew and believed that their God would deliver his people from this horrible land of bondage, and their children would inherit the land of Canaan. God had promised them that, and they clung to that promise. They would not allow the king of Egypt to stand in the way of the fulfillment of that promise. Their children would return to Canaan. They in faith, therefore, refused to give in to the king's mandate, and they saved their son alive. Then, when it was impossible to hide Moses anymore, they cleverly lit upon a plan to preserve their son alive. If it worked, who knew? But again, they trusted God that he would fulfill his promise somehow and in some way. They placed their son in a basket in the reeds at the river's edge, and they now entrusted the life of their baby to their sovereign God. Afraid? Sure they were. But they did not give in to that fear. In faith, they trusted God for the outcome now of what would happen. They knew that God in his providence held all things in his hands, that nothing stands outside of his sovereign control, not the waters of the Nile, not the creatures of the deep, not the wind or the waves. God will fulfill his will. And that will of God is always good and always wise. They believe that, and so do we. Amidst the adversities of life, no matter what befalls us, God is good and will work everything for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. And there is the key. We believers, we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has removed our sin and guilt. He has paid the price for our sin. We are righteous before God. And we're righteous through Christ's redemption, full and free. Through that blood of Jesus Christ, God has adopted us to be his own children. And in his great love for us, every circumstance of life he uses for the good and for the salvation of his people. We are not without Christ in this world. And therefore, we are not without God's care and love either. In that knowledge, we place our confidence in God. That confidence in turn works in us patience, boldness, even in the face of our fears. Amram and Jochebed now commended their son into the hands of God. What will God do? Miriam is told to stay close on hand and see what God has in store. Would their actions save their son, or would he die? We know what the result was. Moses is rescued from the water by Pharaoh's daughter because he was a proper child for maternal instincts. She chose to adopt him as her own. 
Yet this boy was just a baby who needed to a needed a nursemaid. He needed to be fed and cared for. Miriam brought to the princess her mother and Pharaoh's daughter commanded Jacobin to care for Moses for a time. During the young formative years of Moses' life, he was carefully nurtured under the care of believing parents. And you can be sure they taught him everything to know about Jehovah, his promise, and his people. All this before he was taken away for the rest of his life to live in the palace of Pharaoh himself. What faith Moses' parents exhibited, a faith that overcomes fear. What a marvelous work God worked in the hearts of this man and his wife by his grace. If not for that work of God, what would they have done? But God sustained them in their need. God sustains his people today, too, in their needs. He never leaves us. We who are his people are given everything according to God's sovereign will and good pleasure. Everything that we need. And he gives us everything out of his great love for us. Do you believe that, who are fellow saints of God? Amram and Jochebed believed it. And now we thank God for their witness to us. May that witness inspire us to run the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Let's pray. Father in God, in heaven we again are thankful unto thee that thou hast given unto us the godly example of saints of old, that they lived in faith, a faith that we too must follow in the various circumstances of our life, especially when difficulties and hardships befall us. There are so many afflictions in life. There are so many sins that are committed in life. And yet we could bear them all because we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And we belong to Thee, and we know that nothing is happening to us by chance. Grant unto us, Father, that assurance in all of life. Now hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. The gospel message you have just heard was sponsored by the Protestant Reformed Churches through its radio program, The Reformed Witness Hour. We hope that you have been edified and encouraged by this message. If you would like more information about the Reformed faith or the Protestant Reformed churches, feel free to visit our website at reformedwitnesshour.org or email us at mail at reformedwitnesshour.org.